stop, 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 stop. Let's stop the dramatic, epic music. Let's stop it because, well, it doesn't really reflect my attitude and mood right now. How, how, how do you handle that in your spiritual life when you, you know that, hey, it's, 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 it's another day. It's time for you to open up your Bible, maybe for a morning devotional, afternoon devotional. I don't know how many, I don't know what you have kind of set for your spiritual disciplines. I don't know. I don't know how much time you try to spend studying God's word or listening to sermons or praying. I don't know what is your kind of daily schedule, or at least what you hope to accomplish each day spiritually. But what do you do when you don't really feel like doing it? See, that music sounds so epic and so dramatic, like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to grab my Bible. I'm ready to dig in. But what do you do when it 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 doesn't feel that way? When 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 the dramatic music, the epic music doesn't really feel appropriate when it's more like, well, all right. Okay. I guess it's time to open my Bible. I I guess I need to do something spiritual today. Oh, come on. Come on. I can't be the only one who that ever happens to, right? Does it ever happen to you? I mean, come on. There's got to be days where you're like, okay, it's Sunday. I guess it's time to go to church and you're driving there and you don't really want to be there. Come on. Be honest, you don't really want to be there. You try your best to put on a game face, but the whole time you're just thinking, I'd rather be home, I'd rather be back in bed, I'd rather be going here. It happens to everyone in their spiritual life. I guess the question is, what do you do when that occurs? Do you just stop and say, no, I'll I'll pick this up again tomorrow, or I'm going to take a couple of days off, or do you push through? Now, there could be an argument for saying, (laughs) there could be an argument in saying, you know what? You probably just shouldn't do anything. You probably shouldn't do anything. You probably, because of what spiritual benefit is there going to be? There could be an argument, right? That, hey, if you, if you, if you carry on, it's just fake. You're just pretending. But then there's another argument that I think discipline really, I think discipline is not demonstrated until you do what you know you need to do and should do, even when you don't want to. It's not hard to be disciplined when you want to do something. It's not hard to be disciplined when you're excited. It's hard to be disciplined when the want to just isn't there. Maybe, can anybody really, someone said no comment, so so I'm assuming that means they very much can relate. But I say all of that to say, first and foremost, welcome everyone to the Theology Central podcast for this Tuesday, June the 21st, 2022. It is currently 4.43 p.m. Central Time. Now today, we turn to day number do you know? Day number nine and our 30 days, 30 scriptures. Day number nine. So we're going to come to scripture number nine and day number nine. And there's a part of me today that when I started walking up the stairs, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do that today. I, I don't know. Do, do, do I even want to do any recording today? Maybe I'll just do other things today. There, there was a part of me that said that, but I'm like, you know, I said 30 days and 30 scriptures. I said that, and the goal was to do it 30 days in a row. So guess what? This is where either I don't keep my word 
I mean, will anyone actually care? I it would be interested if I skipped a day, would anyone notice? I, w- I wonder how many emails I would get. What are you doing? Or if I would just get, receive silence. But you know what? It doesn't matter if I received 100 emails or no emails. Doesn't even matter if anyone would notice. I said that's what I'm going to do. So here we are. Are you ready? Remember, the, Charles Stanley wrote a book called 30 Life Principles. The book is, well, I'm not going to go through everything about the book. I always felt a disconnect between the principles and the scriptures he provided. I always felt that there was a disconnect. I felt that he he came up with the principle and they just tried to find a scripture. In some ways, he was imposing the principle onto the scriptures. So what I decided to do is, you know what? Let's set aside, I'll mention his principle, but let's set aside the principle. Let's take the scripture and come up with our own principles. So I've got them all right here. I was going through them right before I went before I went live, and I'm looking at them going, I can't read half of these. I don't even remember what I wrote. So I was trying to go back and erase and and try to fill them in so that they make some kind of sense. I, I'm, I, I need to start writing these down again, and I need to do that soon. Or when I'm all said and done, I'm going to look back, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm either going to have to go back to, and listen to every episode to to get them down. But I want to make sure I have a list at some point because I want to see that list and go, okay, whether whether I accomplished anything in a positive way, at least these principles demonstrated I accomplished something. May not be anything of great value, but I accomplished something. So are you ready? Here we go. I've got the copy of 30 Life Principles in front of me on my Kindle app. Charles Stanley. Life principle number nine. Here we go. This this is the principle. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Right? I, I I kind of like the principle in some ways, but there's a part of me that says, I would probably say it this way, trusting God means, tr- I, how would I say this? Trusting God doesn't mean looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Trusting God means believing what God says, even when we don't see it, can't see it, have a hard time even believing that it's there. I, 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 I don't know if it's simply that I tr- tr- I trust God because I can look beyond what I can see to what God sees. I, I, I think trusting God is when I can't see. Did, was Job, did Job trust God? I'm going to say he did, but he clearly didn't seem to have the ability to look beyond what he could see to see what God sees. I don't think he ever truly understood what God saw, what God was seeing, what God was doing. I I, I don't know if that's accurate. I, I don't want to spend all this time on that particular principle, but I just, you, you can tell me when you think of trusting God, is trusting God going, okay, I'm, I'm going to look beyond what I can see and I'm going to see what God sees. I, I don't, I think trust is when you can't see. If you can see what God sees, right? Well, then is that trust anymore? That seems like confirmation and proof, right? I think it's trusting God means Trusting God when you can't see beyond what you can't, all you can see is like right here, here's the wall. And that wall may be pain, suffering, confusion, 
whatever, sin, failure, and I, I, I can't see beyond it, but I'm going to trust that, that well, God is beyond it. God, God is above it. God is transcendent to it. He's, I, I, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if every time I've trusted God, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't, I, I just, I just don't think that always works. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. I, I think I have trusted God when I could not see what God sees. I, I don't even, I couldn't even understand what God was thinking. That to me is trust. Trust is not when I can see. Trust is when I cannot see. This seems to imply, okay, I trust God. Okay, I see this really bad situation. Mm, I gotta, I, I, by trusting God, I can see beyond it. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just throwing out a lot. I don't want to turn this into a discussion there, but I think we, this is one that I think if we went around a circle and there was a group of people, I think we would get a lot of different approach. I think a lot of Christians would be like, amen, that's so true. But I I, I think I would be like, mm, I'm not so sure. Maybe, again, that's just my cynical, skeptic part of me, but I, I just don't think it always works that way. But the question is, what's the scripture? that he used for this principle. So let's set aside his principle. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Let's set that aside. Let's set it aside. And now, once again, he's going to go to the Old Testament. It's just bizarre to me that almost, I think every principle so far, almost all of them have come from an Old Testament passage. In many cases, they seem like not even the passage I would choose. So I find that fascinating, but let's see where he wants us to go. I'm going to I'm going to use the bio, this bible that I have right here next to me. Uh 2 Kings chapter 6. I've got plenty of bibles on the table so we'll we'll switch out. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 17. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 17. I think I I know this story very well. Um yeah. I I have this 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 passage, I, I've probably been all over the place with this passage in my Christian life. Who knows how many different ideas I've had on this passage? So I'm gonna I've got to try to set aside anything I've ever thought about this and look at this just in real time today. All right, so here we go. Second Kings chapter six, verse 17. Second Kings 6, 17. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All right. Now we have a passage here in a historical situation where someone, I, Elisha prays and his servant, the servant's eyes are opened to see the spiritual, he sees beyond the material, and he sees the spiritual. Now, some people would would take this to say, Lord, you know, open my eye, like, like almost trying to believe that God will give you some vision to see the spiritual. God will open your eyes. But that that's not the way things work. You know that. I know that, right? We were not given some special vision of the spiritual. And no matter how much charismatics want to claim of giving some special revelation and some vision, I believe that is ceased. That's not how it typically works. So what are we going to do with this? Well, I, I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to look at too much context to these passages, but I, I feel like I'm going to have to do a little bit of that here today to a, 
because I to try to pull some principles from this, I want to make sure that they are consistent with what we see here. So let, let's let's look at this. All right, Second Kings chapter six. If we go to verse eight, we read this: When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with his servants, "My camp will be at such and such a place." But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, be careful passing by this place for the Armenian, for the Armenians are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place the man of God had told him about. The man of God repeatedly warned the king so the king would be on his guard. The, uh, the king of Aram was enraged because of this matter and he called his servants and demanded of them, Tell me which one of uh, which one of us is for the king of Israel. One of the, his servants said, "No one, my lord. The ki- uh, no one, my lord. The, no one, my lord. The king Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king uh, of Israel even the words you speak in your bedroom. So the king said, "Go and see where he is. I can send men to capture him." When he was told Elisha is in Dothan. He sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So there's Elisha the prophet. The, the king of Aram sends all of these troops to surround them by night. So they're there, and think of it this way. They're there asleep. All of the army comes in, and they are surrounded. So it would look like impending doom, impending defeat. Verse 15 When the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, Oh, my master, what are we to do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Now, let's stop right here. First and foremost, let's remind ourselves that's a historical account historical narrative. This is not in any way, shape, or form prescribing some typical way, uh, uh, some typical way that God acts on our behalf. Now, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard stories, supposedly from missionaries, that they were in some horrible place. This, uh, this tribe of, of, people was going to come in and kill them all. They were under threat. They were, they were going to die. And then the tribe that was going to attack them backed off and was scared. And at some later time, the missionary talked to the tribal chief and he was like, you had, you had an army of people with you. And, and the missionary is like, we didn't see any, it, it, it must've been angels. It must've been the army of God. And they saw it. And, and I, I've heard that kind of story told so many different variations over and over. It's been in so many different countries. I've heard it said that it happened in Africa. It's happened in, I don't know, Afghanistan. I, I don't know how many different times I've heard similar stories that that's the way it worked, that we're, that we're at any given time, we are surrounded by a host of angels and nobody can harm us. Uh, because we are surrounded with this army. And at any point, God can open up the eyes of our, of our attackers, of our enemies, and well, they, they will flee and they will go away. 
Uh, you hear that story all the time. The story doesn't seem to get repeated when, a, I don't know, a child is kidnapped and killed or, or I don't know, some a war breaks out like in Ukraine and people are being slaughtered. You don't hear those stories so much at that point in time. And then a later time, it'll be some remote part of some world with some unconfirmed story that this supposedly happened. Now, I know what you're saying. Once again, you're demonstrating your skeptic, cynical spirit. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because it's just convenient that it happens only in these very rare occasions. But then in so many other situations, you're like, well, where was where was the angels? Where, where was the army of angels to scare off the enemy? It, it where, where was the... And, well, nobody ever has a good answer. Am I saying it can't happen? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is not a... Per, a passage, passage that is prescriptive. It is a passage that is descriptive. It's describing what happened in this particular case and this particular situation. There's nothing there that we can say, this is how it always works. And then everyone can run around claiming some similar promise. It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. It's what happened there. And again, over and over and over, we see things happen in the Old Testament that we don't see things that those things happening today. We don't see God parting the Red Sea, doing these uh, amazing, you know, uh, miracles, you know, pulling, pouring out the plagues on Egypt, or raining, bringing food down from heaven, or water from a rock, or uh, feeding the multitudes. All the different things that we see happening in the Bible, either Old Testament and even the New Testament, we see we don't. Those things are not happening today. And any and usually any claim today that they are turns out to be proven to be fraudulent. And it's just because we we believe that if we see one thing recorded in the Bible that it's prescribing how it's always going to work. It's not the case. We don't see a bunch of super Samsons running around doing mighty you know acts of strength we don't, we don't we don't see those things so this is a one time event so what do we do do we just say well we do nothing with it okay i i i think there's some things here to consider now as i've already stated i'll just mention this again i do not believe in any way shape or form this story is giving some kind of implication that we pray that God would open our eyes to see beyond the physical to the spiritual. I don't think we're going to be given some supernatural vision to do that. Once again, I think that however God spoke in the past, today he speaks to us right here through his word. I think the principle here is this, or the concept here. Let me talk it out, and then I'll see if I can formulate it into a principle. I think the concept is this. There are time and time again in the Bible, we are given glimpses beyond the physical into the spiritual world. We are given different times where we see this. We see the the existence of angelic beings, or we get to see into heaven uh, where God is high on his throne and the angelic beings are saying, holy, holy, holy. There are different times the Bible kind of pulls back the curtain and lets us see. The, the God, the angels, the Holy Spirit, you know, what, whatever the case may be, time and time again, the Bible just pulls back the curtain just to give us a glimpse, to show us that there's more than this physical world, right? So I, I've got a, uh, the, the, the ceiling in this room is kind of curved. 
So it's it's curved above me, right? It's kind of it's kind of at an angle here, right? You'd have to see it to understand what I'm talking about. But so I could just literally just barely put up my hand here, and I'm I'm getting a part of the roof that's kind of at an angle, right? So right here, that's that's the material world. That's what I see. That's what I can touch. That's what I can taste. That's what I can smell. That's what I can feel. It's it's right here. It's it's the material world. Now that's that's so much in that impacts so much of our lives. It impacts our percent. It impacts how we think, how we feel. It may impact decisions that we make. It, it impacts so much. That's what we are constantly confronted with the physical, the physical, the physical, the material, or we'll say the material world, the material world, the material world, the material world, right? We, 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 we know that world. We are influenced by it. We, it, it impacts our desires, our wants, and so much is what we can see. You know that I know we, we, we're very much, we're creatures of the material world, wh- whether we like it or not. We live in a material, I know I'm about to quote the song from the 80s, okay? We won't go there, okay? I'm, I'm about to quote lyrics, okay? But we live, <laughs> I, I'm going to go there. We live in a material world. We live in it. We were very much aware of it. And it's hard for us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to see beyond that. But the Bible at times opens our eyes and says, look, 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 there's more to this. There's more than this material world. There's more than just the flesh. There's more than that. There's something other than that, something that transcend it, something that's beyond it. That's just as real. It's just as real. It's just beyond our perception. The Bible constantly pulls back the curtain for us to see that. And here is a situation where it happens in a very much a literal way. Hey, there's an army. He can, they, the servant can see the army. It sees the army. It's a, it's a material army, people of flesh. It can, it can, the servant can see it, and the servant reacts to it, right? Uh, when he woke up early, verse 15, 2 Kings 6, 15, and he saw the army and the horses. He asked, oh, my master, what are we to do? He is scared. He is frightened. He is confused. Then Elisha said, don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Elisha says, hey, hey, don't, don't let that scare you. There is something beyond this physical world. And in this miraculous instance, not that this happens all the time, Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and saw that the mountains were covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He lets him see. Now, there's more to the story that we could work on that I think there's some interesting, because there's, there's a prayer for someone's eyes to be open and there's a prayer for other eyes to be blinded. I think there's, there's some very interesting kind of allegory and pictures that we, some spiritual pictures that we get in this. That does not deny that it's a historical account. It just, that in this historical account, there's some interesting contrast. Open your eyes, blind them. Open your eyes, blind them. It's just an interesting contrast that we could, we could do some work on. But here's what I think we have to try to figure out. We, we may never see the spiritual world with our eyes in this lifetime. We, I, 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 mean, I don't think we're going to be given any special revelation to see that. 
We're given glimpses to it through the word of God. And that's, I believe in Sola Scriptura. That's what God has given us. We see it right here in scripture. That's where we see it. That's where we, we encounter it. So I'm, we're going to have to write the principle out, something like this. We must, how can we see this? I'm going to put, we must, by faith, I'm going to put by faith, how, how, can, I, how can I write this out? Remember, I'm doing this in real time. I'm doing this in real time. So I'll get some email going. Well, why didn't you know the principle? Because I'm doing this in real time. We must, by faith, how can I put this? I'm going to say, we must, by faith, live with a constant awareness of the reality of the spiritual. We must we must buy it's by faith because we're not gonna we're not gonna see it. We we have to by faith believe that there is something beyond the material. And we have to we have to by faith we have uh, uh, we must live with a constant awareness we have to live in a constant state of awareness that there is more than just the flesh there's more than just the material there's something beyond it and what is beyond that is where we have to that that should be the thing that influences us with what what should influence us and guide us and direct us in the material world is that which exists beyond it which is the spiritual so we have to live in a constant awareness of it. We have to see if I, if I, I'll go back to my opening illustration. If I live my life just the, with the material, then you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't feel like reading my Bible, doing anything like that, doing anything spiritual well, because the material world will say, what's the point? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. It's not going to give you any immediate satisfaction or immediate pleasure or immediate whatever. It, it, you, 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 if you just see the material, you'll, you'll, if that determines my fat, my decisions, I wouldn't be here right now struggling through a passage in second Kings. I would, I would be like, I, I could be doing something else right now. Something else that I would be enjoying maybe even more, but I, I have to live with the awareness, even though I can't see it, but by faith, know that there's something beyond my physical existence. There's something beyond it. There is a spiritual reality. This is so, I, I think this to me is is really a little bit like the book of Ecclesiastes. See, when all you see is the, the material, all you see what is under the sun, all you see what is under the sun, you, you, you can pursue it and pursue it and pursue it, but sooner or later, it's going to be meaningless, 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 vanity of vanities. You don't see purpose. You don't see meaning. You don't see anything until you look above the sun. You see, but it's by faith. Not some supernatural vision, and you've got to trust that it's there. Even you may never see it. You may you have to believe that it's there, even at times when you don't necessarily see it. We must, by faith, live with a constant awareness of the reality of the spiritual. All right. And I'm going to put this, 
and I'm, I, may, I may, may should have put these in a different order, but that's okay. We must not allow the reality of the material world How would, we, how would we put this? We must not allow the reality of the material world to, how can we say this, uh, discourage us, uh, how do we want to put this? We, we must not allow the reality of the, of the material world to, I, I, I like the word discourage because obviously the servant, he sees the material world and he's overcome with fear and worry and doubt. I, I, there's, there's so many different things we don't want the material world to do. We cannot, we, we cannot allow the, the reality of the material world to discourage us, to overcome us, to blind us. I'll just leave it. That's kind of half written, but that's okay. We must not allow the reality of the material world to discourage us, to overcome us, and to blind us. So many times when we see just that, boom, we're we're done. We, we can't see anything else. And if you go back to the story, You'll see an interesting thing. So, so Elisha prays that these servants' eyes will be opened. Hey, show him, show him, show him all of what's actually there. All right. Now, when the uh, when the Ar- Armenians came against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, "Please strike." This is Second Kings six eighteen. Please strike this nation with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, according to Elisha's words. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. When they entered Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open these men's eyes, let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, should I kill them? Should I kill them, my father? Elisha replied, don't kill them. Do you kill those you have captured with your sword or your bow, set food and water in front of them so they can eat and drink and go to their master. It's just interesting that they are blinded. They are blinded. The ones who can only, the ones who can only see the material are blinded by the material world. They, they all they can see is the material. They don't see the army surrounding them. They don't see that. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't understand it. And they become blind. And the one who can see beyond the material is the one who then leads and helps. And well, everything works that works, works itself out. I just think it's an interesting contrast. Hey, the one who can see beyond the material is not blinded by the material. The ones who can only see the material in a sense become blinded in the story. It's just an interesting contrast 
trying to unpack all of the possible spiritual meaning there, I think, would, would take a little bit of time. Remember, this is not designed to be a full-blown exposition of this. This is just to be a, designed to work through this. So I'm going to go with these two uh, concepts. We must, by faith, live with a constant awareness of the reality of the spiritual. A constant awareness, but it's an awareness by faith. It's not that we necessarily see it. It's not that we necessarily perceive it. It's not that we necessarily even feel it. It's by faith, I know that there's more. I know that there's more to life than this. I know there's more than just this. I know there's more. By faith, I know there's more. There's something beyond, above the sun. There's something where there's true purpose, true meaning, true every, there's something beyond it. Oh, but I live my life so much right here in the, what I can see. That's where I, that's where I spend most of my life, what I can see. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Okay, I don't know. Next, we must not allow the reality of the material world to discourage, to overcome us, and to blind us. I think too many times in my spiritual life, I've been overcome, discouraged, or blinded by just what I, by the material world, what I can see, just what I can see, what I can feel, what I can touch. I, 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 that, that's sometimes where everything begins and that's where everything ends. There's probably more, but I'm going to stop right there. One, it's close to the 30, 30 minute mark. I know some of these have gone longer. I could dig into this a little bit more. I, I probably could, uh, dig into this a little bit more, but I'm not, I'm not for now. I, Cause I like, I like also handing it over to you and go, so what do you do with this? What, what's your thoughts? What, what, what do you see? But I, I, I don't want this to become like, Oh, so this is, this, this gives us a biblical example that, Hey, if I'm out in the middle of uh, uh, the jungle somewhere and there's violent tribes who are going to kill me, they're, they're going to back off because they're going to see the invisible army because God's going to open their eyes to see the invisible army. Well, if, yeah, I mean, there's just so much, uh, the, the story here, uh, well, what we could just go all day on all of the issues here. It, that it's, this is not some kind of guarantee or promise. It's a one-time situation that happened here. It's, it's a historical event. And I don't think this is like, okay, if I pray, God's going to open my eyes and I'm going to see the spiritual reality. It, it's not that. It just is another example of God pulling back the curtain for me, who has just the Bible, to say, see, there, there is something beyond. There's something beyond what you see. There's something beyond it. Because we need that reminder every single day that there's something beyond it. Because if all we see is this, we become discouraged, overcome, and blinded. I hope that makes sense. I know that, may, that definitely goes against how many charismatics would handle it. But, and a, and a lot of people will preach it. What you need to remember every single day is there's more with you than, than there are with them. That's how it's typically, I've heard that preached a lot. You just need to always know that no matter what you encounter, no matter what you face, there is more with you than with them. And you can say that all day and well, tragedy still happens. Uh, violence still occurs. You still get robbed. You still get beaten up. You still get hurt or, or, you know, whatever occurs to you. So it's always preached like, you know, you don't have anything to fear. Well, well, Christians say that. We, we, 
We're so weird. We preach it like, you know, there's more with us than there are with them. We have nothing to fear. And then when a, a church shooting happens, next thing you know, churches are arming up with armed guards. Wait a minute. Are There's more with us than with them? On one, on one second, we preach something, and then the next second, we deny it with what we do. We preach it, and then we deny it with our actions. Now, I may not do it with that particular problem, but I can do it with many. It's really weird. Like, when it came to COVID, hey, I got nothing to fear because God is with me. I have nothing to fear, faith over fear. And then when shootings happen, it was like, okay, I'm not going to follow COVID pro- protocols, but click, click, I'm going to load my gun. And it's really weird how we just go back and forth. Like one second, nothing to fear. God is with me. And then the next second, it's like, okay, lock the doors, get three guns. And it's like, wh- where where do we... <laughs> We we throw out faith over fear when it's convenient, and then we throw it out when we don't when we, it's not convenient. And it, it's just weird how we use some of these stories. I don't think the story is in any way designed for any of that type of thing. Okay, you can contact me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's if you hear that. bottle of water. Sometimes I'll realize, I think there was a sound the microphone picked up and I don't know what that, they're not going to know what that was. I got to keep the bottles out of my hands and the pencils out of my hands. I'm always picking things up. I'm always picking something up and messing with it. I'm always doing that. Oh, well, I hope thanks. I hope thanks. I, I hope that was beneficial. I hope it was beneficial. I hope it was beneficial, but you can contact me newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. All right. I think I did halfway okay on that. This is going to be the one I'm going to go, mm, I'm going to kick myself because not not in the right frame of mind necessarily for it. But I think it fits perfect with this situation because if I would just allow the, the what I can see, I probably wouldn't be doing this. So I had to set that aside to do what I thought I needed to be done. So hopefully, hopefully that will be beneficial. All right. We'll just stop there. No, no, no outro music, nothing. We're just going to stop. Just, just going to leave it there. Kind of like the feeling that it's, well, did, did he really finish that? And I'll just leave it with you. Again, you can contact me, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great evening. I don't know if I'll be doing any more live broadcasts tonight. I don't know. Maybe just, I don't know. I'm going to do other things tonight. Who knows? If anything changes, I'll be right back here. All right. Have a good one. God bless.